We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, one of these days, Vince, it's going to come back too early from that 30-second thing, and people are going to see the dances that we do, and it's going to really turn off a lot of our customers. What's going to happen is you're going to do it to me, and I'm going to be the one that's going to look like a fool. <laughs> and you just kind of gave, I wasn't actually thinking about that, but you just gave me a really good idea. <laughs> well, welcome, everybody, to another edition of Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince D'Addario. That is Brian Driscoll, and uh, we got a good one for you today, guys. We are... Uh, Look, it's a weekend in June. So what are we what are we possibly going to be talking about, Brian? We are talking about recruiting and the the offer, or I should say the the list of recruits uh that are coming into town mm-hmm. uh this weekend. Uh there are some commits, there are some non-commits, there's some 23s coming in. It's been a lot of changes so, to this group. And that is the key. So that is where we are going to start, Brian. The the list has evolved yes uh, over that's a great excuse me the last few days so i'm gonna let you take it from there how just how this list has evolved and where we stand but before i I almost forgot before we do uh we do have a super chat this is our first i think super chat before the show actually started no no mark has done this before oh okay yeah so you're the man mark's my guy yeah he's he's left a couple before the show starts so that's that's called loyalty right there that's called we, we that's that's i love it Absolutely yes, no it. doubt. So we wanted to get that out. He says, no question. Just wanted to show some love. So we're going to show appreciate right back to Mark. you, Mark. Thank you very, very much. Very much. So, Brian, go ahead. The floor is yours. Uh, how has this this list evolved over the last few days and weeks? Yeah, and we're going to get into some Notre Dame schedule stuff, too. So we're going to get some team stuff in. But we got to talk about this recruiting weekend. And it's Absolutely. it's been a it's been an interesting evolution, as you say, Vince. I think that's a nice word to use for this. You know, you, you originally going to have R.J. Cooper was going to be in town. He's a defensive end from Texas. I think kind of projects more as a defensive tackle or a three technique, a big end, uh, three technique at the next level. You're supposed to have Gavin Sawchuck was on campus. He has uh, that visit has been canceled. Because right. he committed to Oklahoma. Notre Dame mm-hmm. canceled the R.J. Cooper visit. Notre Dame also canceled a visit with K.J. Winston, the safety from Maryland, D.C. area. That, that uh, For a long time, a lot of people thought Notre Dame was going to get him. We didn't talk about him much simply because there wasn't a lot for us to talk about. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of film on him. 
didn't talk a lot, you know, to us from a media standpoint, you know, our side anyway. And so you never heard a lot about him, but there was a lot of people that thought this would be one of the safeties in the class. And Notre Dame, you know, kind of backed off that one. Xavion Bradshaw was supposed to be coming in this weekend. Notre Dame canceled that one. Ryan Bear was supposed to be coming in this weekend. That got canceled. Some of the cancellations I'm good with. Some of them I'm not so good with. Obviously, sure. the Xavion Bradshaw one bothers me. What that says to me is Notre Dame is going to still recruit him, but it's essentially, hey, come in the fall because by then we'll know if we have room for you or not. Yeah. Essentially is what that means. Yeah, yeah. He's and like an, with, he's, they're treating him like an add-on. He's like, a plan B guy yeah, right now Right, it is basically what it is. And hopefully he's one of those Kyron Williams-type plan B guys. That I've never wanted Notre Dame to miss so badly on other recruits in my life as I, I do right now on receiver. So but I don't funny. think that's going to happen. I think Notre Dame's in pretty good shape with several guys. So, unfortunately, I, I you know, I don't see that happening. Hopefully it does. But a lot of the other ones were more strategic. You know, I think that I think Notre Dame has found the guy they want as their second back in this class. Now it's about closing. And, you know, so I think that factored into to Gavin Salchuk as well. Obviously, RJ Cooper, they're like, look, we've got four D linemen in the class. We're okay with just four D, line, D linemen in the class. If we're going to add a fifth D lineman, it's got to be a dude, right? It's got to be an absolute dude. And so I think that's where Notre Dame is at with, with RJ Cooper. And so now you get down to a list, Vince, that I sent you that is – yeah, it's got like twice as many, twice as many committed kids as it does actually official visitors. So there's going to be, by my count, there's going to be seven Notre Dame commits on campus this weekend: Aiden Gabera, Darren Agu, Joey Tanona, Ty Chan, Jadarian Price, Jaden Mickey, and Amorian Walker. And I think two of those visits are well, really three of those visits are really important. Okay, and, and I and I think I want to talk about them first because I think sometimes when we talk about commits, it's just, oh, he's just coming and help recruit. I think there's a little more to this than that. Now, I'm not saying any of these commits are flip candidates or thinking about decommitting. I think they're all solid. But I think for a guy like Aiden Gabera, who's blowing up, who will blow up even more in the fall, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. getting him on campus and making sure that he understands his place in your class and how much sure. you love him is very important in regards to being able to keep those teams away. Darren sure. Agu, I would actually kind of throw those two in one category is when I say three. Those two kind of are in one category. It's real about convincing them, hey, look, you guys are a big part of our plans. There's a reason we're not bringing in Ernest Cooper. There's a reason we're not going after any of these other guys, and we're only really focusing on these other two guys, you know, Cyrus Moss and Anthony Lucas. Sure. I think Jadarian Price is an important one for Notre Dame. I think it's important that Notre Dame gets him on campus and reminds him, hey, there's a reason we took you first. There's a reason we took you even though we knew we were recruiting these other backs because we love you. You know, we're, we're, we're telling these other backs they're not a, they're not a need you know, we, we want them. They're not a need because we got you, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think that's important because, you know, if you, you have to be concerned. And, and I don't – Jadarian Price is, from my understanding, talking to people, he's given no indication he's wavering his commitment. I want to make that very clear. No indication he's wavering in his commitment. However, it's, it's one thing to be solid when you're the only back in the class. It's another thing to be solid when a second running back who's ranked higher than you joins the class. And so I think it's very important that Lance Taylor and Tommy Reese and the Notre Dame staff show Jadarian Price love and say, hey, look, man, us wanting Nick Singleton has nothing to do with you mm -hmm. because we love you. We, we took you even when we had a chance. And this is something we have to understand as Notre Dame fans. Notre Dame took Jadarian Price when at the time it looked like they had a really good shot with all three of those running backs, meaning if they wanted to, they could have tried to just make a run at those three, the sure. big three, and try to get two of them. 
and been okay with just one because Notre Dame is okay with just one back in this class. But they took Jadarian Price early knowing that because in their eyes, Jadarian Price is right on that level. And on my grade, he's slightly below Gavin Salchuk from a current grade standpoint, but I think I think Jadarian has a little bit more of a higher ceiling. So this is a kid that, that they viewed as kind of being on that level, which is why they took him at that time. It's important that he is reassured of that face-to-face. And for him, I believe this is his first trip to campus. So this is definitely his first trip to campus where, where he's going to be a primary recruit. I don't know if he visited for like a game in 2019. I, I, don't, I don't know that he did, Vince. But I think it's his first trip to campus. Aiden Gabera has been to campus this summer, but it was a, one of those self-guided tour type of visits. Right. This is going to be his chance to sit down face-to-face with Mark, Mike Elston, Marcus Freeman, Brian Kelly, and it's about solidifying those commitments. And then, of course, Amorian Walker. I think it's going to be really good for the staff to sit him down with his family, look him in the eye, and say, okay, you got Bama, you got LSU, you got, you got all these schools coming after you. Where are you at? You know, Where are you at with us? And I think that's going to be an interesting conversation. And this is this next comment is 100% Brian Driscoll's opinion and just thoughts. <laughs> I don't want to make it seem – I don't want anybody going back to some other message board saying, well, well Driscoll said that th- – no, not saying that, 100% my opinion. If I'm in Notre Dame's shoes right now and, and th- they're, they're seeing all these schools offering him as a DB, I'm curious if they're having conversations about his, his – um, Thoughts on being a two-way guy, or or not two-way guy, but a two-way recruit, meaning we may play you at one or the other. I'm curious if that conversation is going to happen because that might give you some – if you kind of say if, – if, if his heart's on defense, right? Mm-hmm. Like with Cam Hart, Notre Dame had to convince him to play receiver. He said in an interview with me back when I was at Blue and Gold Illustrated that he liked playing DB more. And then, you know, but then they convinced him that receiver was the best place for him. Well, look where sure. he ended up. Right sure. now, yep. partly out of I mean, the main reason was out of need. It was need, yeah. But but he made the smooth transition because that's ultimately where he wanted to play. And so I'd I'd want to have a heart to heart with him. You know, Jerry Tillery they recruited as an offensive lineman. End of the deal, he decides he wants to go play defense, and it worked out great for Jerry, and it worked out great for Notre Dame uh, at both positions. They were fine on the offensive line, and and he he turned out. And I still think Jerry Tillery would have been an even better offensive lineman than he was a defensive tackle. Which says a lot, considering he was a first-round draft pick at defensive tackle, and he's playing defensive tackle in the NFL, right? Yeah. But I would want to, I would want to have that conversation just to see. And I would even, I would not. You got to be careful. You can't bring it up in a way that's like, "Hey, we're thinking about moving you," because then he may be like, "Well, you know, I, I wanted to come play for you because as a receiver, if you're going to move me to DB, I'm just going to go to Bam or LSU." You got to be really careful of that because you don't know where his head's at. You may want to you you have to you have to kind of bring it up in a way where you're getting him to talk about it as if in a way where you're not asking him about it because that may say you know what if you want to play defense you know hey look we may not take a third corner in this class or a second safety in this class or whatever the case may be and that may open up another receiver spot so I, I'm just curious if that conversation is going to be had this weekend but it is a very important weekend with a lot of these Notre Dame recruits and. Because now there are only three non-commits on campus, you're now going to have two per guy. You're going to have two commits per uncommitted kid, which certainly does not help Notre Dame's odds of 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 pushing for the three kids that are on campus because they're they're you know two really big commitments or not commitments but two recruits. That was not a slip of the tongue. It, well, it was a slip of the tongue, but it wasn't it wasn't giving it away. We're trying to give it away. Yeah. They're not committed. It was two two uncommitted players that are big time recruits. 
Zach Rice and CJ Williams. And then you have Ashton Craig, who I would say Notre Dame's got a pretty good chance at, at with a good weekend wrapping that that one up. I think that could be could happen. You know, it, it's funny when you you mentioned that the the recruited guy or the committed guys need more love and and they need to be reminded that they're important. It honestly, it reminds me of when like we had a baby, but we already had kids, mm-hmm. and so but we had to remind them like, hey, I know all the attentions on the new baby, but we love you too. Right. Like you you have to reassure them that hey, you're yeah. still really really important to what we're doing, and that's natural, but, I think. You know, oh, absolutely, yeah. I think so too, and and that's the not problem but that's what you run into when you have these early commitments by right. some of these guys some sometimes that that luster you know comes off because it certainly they, does from from a fan standpoint but, yeah but I, but I think too it, it's i would rather be in that situation where you're just trying to make sure that a committed players yeah you know state keeps feels the love than i would be sure. to try to convince a kid to join the class well but yeah I, I mean if you that's how you can lose kids and we've it, seen that happen in the past i was just gonna say that has You've happened lost in the kids. Past. Well, they they didn't talk to me. You know, they, you know, I didn't talk. Couldn't even return a call. They're too busy, you know, recruiting these other guys. Well, while this other staff's calling me every single day. Yeah, and you've made it very clear that that's one of the ways that Notre Dame needed to improve. Because uh, I remember talking to you a few in the past. Know, yeah, I think the they've past. done a much yeah. better job with that. Yeah, in, in the past, they not not forget about well, the guys that that's already a committed. Part of the but... reason they lost Deion Colsey last year, right? It's because the position coach wasn't. Right. I mean, you had Georgia calling him every day, Tennessee calling him every day, and, and you know, Notre Dame's like, eh, you know. And it wasn't for Tommy Reese getting back into that mix and kind of mm-hmm. saying, hey, man, you know, here's the deal. that you know They, they wouldn't have Deion Coles in that class. So, right. I mean, we've seen it even recently, but by and large, right, this hasn't been as big of an issue in the last, you know, class or two. Yeah, no, absolutely. Opinion. They've done a much better job yeah. of continuing yeah. to recruit those guys, which I think is really, yeah. really important. Yeah. So there, there's also a couple 23 recruits. Well, we need uh, to dive into the specifics oh, of the 2022 kids. Before, I mean, people want to know kind of where things are before yeah, we know. dive into the 2023 kids. All right, part. go for it. Yeah, I mean, you look first and foremost, the guy that everybody wants to talk about is Zach Rice, the offensive mm-hmm. lineman from Virginia. Uh, Blake Fisher is going to be his host. He's going to have Ty Chan on campus this weekend. Joey Tanone is going to be on campus this weekend. You're going to, like I said, Blake Fisher is going to be hosting him. Notre Dame is going to roll out the red carpet for him. This is one of those ones, if I'm just being honest, unless they just crush this visit beyond any visit that's ever been crushed, I just don't see this one ending up in Notre Dame's favor. If they, if it ends up in Notre Dame's favor, then they they absolutely just, just just dominated the visit this weekend. I just mm-hmm. There's a lot of factors involved in this, but I just right now I think that there are other programs well ahead of Notre Dame. Now, as I've said in the past, Notre Dame visits are different deals. I would have said the same thing a week ago about Nicholas Sam- Singleton, right? Sure. I just said, look, I think Notre Dame's got a chance, but I even think I said last week he was third of the three backs that I thought they had a shot with. Yeah, you but did. But the visit just the visit did it, right? The whole the holistic approach of how they they handle these visits academically, socially, the uh, NIL stuff that they're doing now, name, image, likeness stuff that Notre Dame's doing now, plus the players. I mean, all of that stuff. The whole package just really really did a great job with Nicholas Singleton. And, and we've seen that with other kids. And, and, you know, some other times the visit's like, yeah, okay, I love it. It's pretty, but it just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And that hap- that happens everywhere. I mean, that's not a, sure. unique to Notre Dame. That's not a criticism of Notre Dame. That's just the reality of visits. I mean, mm-hmm. we've had kids, we've seen kids that, that what was, there was a linebacker that went to Ohio State. I mean, it's over. This was back in, the, I think, the Charlie Weiss era. And I'm trying to remember his name. I think he's from Florida. But he, Notre Dame was his lead. I mean, he, everybody thought he was going to commit to Notre Dame. He visited Notre Dame and hated it. I mean, hated it. 
Yeah, and he ended up, I think, signing with Ohio State. Not a fit. I mean, it happens. Not a it fit. Happens. I mean, and and yeah. visits bring clarity, one way or right. the other. Visits You're going to know. Tend to bring clarity, and yeah. that's why you visit. I mean, right. <laughs> that that's that's one of the Morton reasons why you visit a campus to to get that clarity. You know, now, there's all kinds of things you can see yeah. online. You can see right. pictures. You can hear. Zoom accounts. calls can only show you so much. That's exactly I mean, right. Yeah. yeah. I, and and the, the good thing with the Zach Rice situation is, I mean, goodness gracious, there's three on, there's three 2022 kids on campus this weekend for official visits. That's it. Notre Dame's got like 30, 40 staffers that can are going to be around this kid mm-hmm. you know, or the, around these kids. So plus current players, plus commits and all that kind of stuff. They're going to get a lot of love. If anything, excuse me, if anything, you may be like, hey, let's, uh, you know, we're smothering the kids. Dial it down a little bit. <laughs> you, yeah. you know what I mean? Um <laughs> But I mean, I think that's a good thing. So they're going to get their shot, right? And that's all we've ever said. Like, you just you need to get your shot, get your swing at you know, get your at bat. Just you know, take your swings, you know, swing mm-hmm. for the fences, and you know, do what you got to do. But uh, that one I don't see as as that one's as less likely. The other two, I think Notre Dame's in a much better shape place for. I will stick with the offensive line, Ashton Craig. Okay. So the I had I had a kid, conversation. Right? He's the in-state kid from Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Now they actually play a lot of Ohio teams, I believe. Looking at their because he was on some like all region teams in Ohio. So I'm looking into that. It's kind of a strange situation, but he's he's in Indiana. He's right on the border. Like right they, on the his, border. His yeah. school is literally right on yeah. the Ohio border. Yeah. And so I was looking at some I saw an all-state list last night as I was putting together his prospect profile that's on irishbreakdown.com now. And I was like, why is this dude on the same list as like all these Ohio kids? And then I'm like, oh, it's one of those. And that's the thing is, and Darren Agu's the same way. Darren Agu plays in Georgia, right? He plays at a high school in Georgia. Every team they played last year was from North Carolina because they're, you know, they're right on that board and they play in that mm-hmm. league. So it's very interesting, but that's kind of the deal with, with Ashton Craig. So I, I did some digging last night, talked to somebody that, that's very, very close to the situation. He's actually up to 283 pounds right now. A lot bigger than and, we looked on and, film. And then I had a cut. Yes, I, I, and he was definitely bigger. He was like 250, 260 at, at most on film. Well, because you know what? Watching him on film, I don't mean to d- distract here, but you watching can. him on film, he almost looked like a linebacker playing offensive line. Well, which, he, you know what he looked like, Vince? To me, he looked like a, a future defensive end in college that was playing offensive line. Body type-wise. Yes. I think because fair he was enough. 6'5", long arms. Right. I got I, you know. So then my concern is, okay, you added 20-some pounds in, in six months, okay, uh, you just been eating like yeah. you know, Papa John's and cheeseburgers and yeah. you know milkshakes and stuff like that every day. Uh, and then I saw so he sent a couple pic. I got a couple pictures of him in his uniform at Notre Dame during a recent visit. And then I saw another picture of him that was sent to me from last week, and it's like, no, this is good weight. Like he doesn't look much different. He just looks like he's kind of filling out really long arms. And so physically, I'm can I'm I'm feel good about that. Notre Dame has now seen him twice this summer which tells me that Matt Bayless has had at least one opportunity, if mm-hmm. not two opportunities to see him and give the okay. Because what a lot of people may not know is Matt Bayless has a huge role in recruiting, especially linemen. And I know for a fact, Mike Elston has a lot of respect for, uh, for Matt Bayless. Uh, Clark Lee did as well. I mean, Clark Lee basically wouldn't take a kid unless Matt Bayless had kind of given them the okay, which is good. You need to make sure that, mm-hmm. you know, the person who's, whose job is to know body types and, and know what he can do. If he doesn't think he can build a kid up, then you're going to want to be careful about adding that kid. But Matt Bayless has seen this kid at least once, probably twice. So if they're taking him, it tells me that he said, yeah, we can get this kid up to 300, keep him athletic. Because it's easy to get him up to 300. Sure. But, 
it doesn't mean it's good weight, and it doesn't mean he's going to keep his athleticism and be able to move and have the conditioning you need. And so he's given the okay that, yeah, we can get him up to that weight, we can get him up there, and we can keep him uh, in, a, in a place where his explosiveness is going to even take a jump and those type of things. So that's certainly a positive sign for me uh, for what Notre Dame is doing with uh, where Notre Dame is with, with Ashton Craig. Based on who you believe, and I'm not asking you to get into details, who you believe will end up in Notre Dame's class – Getting a kid like Ashton Craig from in-states, three-star, but somewhat of a project, right? He's not sure. ready to step in and start sure. on day one, right? He's a project. Um, I don't know if I would put him in the Joe Alt category, but I think Joe I Alt's would. A bit of a project. I okay. would. Okay. Yeah, I would. So that that's my reference point. Do you like Notre Dame kind of sticking their neck out a little bit and going with a project guy because yeah. they have some established guys in the class or guys that they believe are going well, to commit um, and going and getting that kid? Or, or is this – a reach because they don't think they're going to get who they need to get. Well, I don't think, I think they're offering him because they're not going to get guys that they thought they were going to get. Right. I mean, that, that's part one. Part two okay. is, so <laughs> okay. Right. And, and now here's the thing. If you were to tell me, Brian, you talked to your source today and your source is telling you that Notre Dame is going to come back and not lose Billy Shrouth. They're actually going to get Billy Shrouth and they're going to get either Joe Bruner or Zach Rice. Right, they're going to pull off major upsets, and they're going to add those two guys in the class. So, uh, would you still take Ashton Craig? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would. I'm making my fifth guy. The thing about a kid like Ashton Craig is he's got to be like your fourth lineman in the class, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. he does have that low floor but a high ceiling, just like Joe Walt. I said last year, it, it, it's the same kind of thing. I hammered Jeff Quinn for his recruiting on offensive line last year. You know, you got the big two guys, but then you missed on a lot of guys. You should have had Wyatt Milam in this class. Just Plain and simple. But it's kind of like running back. I was critical of Lance Taylor for how they handled the Will Shipley recruitment, but they bounced back and got a good two good players. And I've always felt like with offensive line, I think that's a position where rankings mean even less to me because it's a position where I think that the recruiting services tend to miss a lot because they tend to say, well, this 6'5", 300-pound kid now is really dominant, and so he's going to rank high, but this kid's only 250, 260 pounds. He's a three-star because he's a quote-unquote project, which is exactly one of the reasons I came up with the upside grade at Irish Breakdown. Because, yeah, he may not be a top 200 kid right now, and he's not a top 200 kid right now based on what we saw in junior film. But I don't care what he is as a junior in high school. I care about what he's going to be in a junior in college. Mm-hmm. And you look at a guy like Joe Walt. Joe Walt deserved to be a three-star last year. By the I was fine with that. But I don't care about that because I know what I think he can be in two to three years. And Ashton Craig is like that. And I've always felt if you can give me the high-level players like Harry Heastan used to get all the time, or if you can give me a Blake Fisher and a Rocco Spindler in every class and then give me a better third guy than what they had last year, and because I believe you should recruit four offensive linemen every year. I think that's the pattern you should take. Occasionally you may only take three because if it's a, a weaker offensive line class nationally, I'm okay yeah, taking three. Read. Yeah. Or if you think, hey, we're going to bring back a higher number of fifth-year seniors next year, we may only want to take three. Not that next year because you recruit kind of two years in advance, but sure, you know, the the, the if you're projecting second, out, right, yeah, right. And then you take three, and then maybe the next year you take five, or you know, maybe you're taking four, but then you've had some per, some losses. You know, a guy, you have a situation like uh, you know Aaron Banks or Blake Fisher leaves after his junior year. Aaron Banks leaves early. Ronnie Stanley leaves, or whatever the case may be. You may need to take a five. That's okay. I don't think you should ever take two because that tells me that that tells me that you didn't get all you needed to get to. When you mm-hmm. you need to have at least fourteen offensive linemen on your roster, and I think fifteen is the ideal number in my opinion. But if you're less than fourteen, you're you're 
you're in a tough spot. And so to me, four every year gets you to 16, but not everyone's going to stay all four years. Sure. You're going to have someone get hurt. Someone, you know, sure. may transfer. Someone's going to leave early from the NFL, something like that. Right. And that's just kind of how it works. But you look at it and you say, if, if the fourth guy in every single class was going to be a Joe Alt or an Ashton Craig, would I be happy? Heck yeah, I'd be happy. Because those are also guys that you don't have to worry about holding their hand and when they're not playing after their first or second year. They're going to understand, my time will come, i got to be patient. And I think there's value to guys like that. Those mm-hmm. high-ceiling guys, I mean, that's why Iowa always has great offensive lines. That's why it was – like Wisconsin's got going to end up probably getting three top 100 players from their state this year. That rarely happens. That's an mm-hmm. anomaly. They don't normally have top 100 players coming out of that state. They recruit three three-star kids nobody else has ever heard of from Illinois or Wisconsin, and then they turn them into to, to big all Big Ten players. That's what Joe Alt is. That's what Ashton Craig is. And I'm okay with that. I mean, Jared Patterson wasn't considered a highly ranked recruit when he was coming out of high school, but he was a kid that had some tools. Mm-hmm. So you look at him, you say, okay, he's got some, he's got some, uh, some upside, some projectability, and this kid does, in fact, remind me of Ash, of Jared Patterson a little bit from an athleticism standpoint. Okay, I think I like him as a tackle though, but Notre Dame's recruiting him inside, so I do so, like him. So we got one more guy to talk mm-hmm. about who is uncommitted. Um, it is in the at the wide receiver position, CJ mm-hmm. Williams on campus. Uh, thoughts on where he's at with his recruitment and where things are headed with him. You know, he's kind of he's kind of looking at who you'd expect a, a big time receiver from from uh, uh, modern day to be looking at. It's Alabama, it's Texas, it's USC. You know, he he's a he's a guy that a, a lot of big time programs are going to wanting. The, the scuttlebutt is is that Texas is the is the top contender for him. I think there's a couple more teams that you know maybe could make a run at him, but but. I haven't been able to get a hold. I mean, we haven't been able to speak directly to CJ, so a lot of our information is coming from the opposite side of it. But there's a lot of confidence that a big weekend, a big visit this weekend could put Notre Dame in a really, really great position. I think with with CJ, if you're Notre Dame, you're not only wanting to come out of this visit. Here's the perfect scenario for Notre Dame. You're not only coming out of this visit as a leader, which I think that they will, but you need to come out of this visit feeling like you may want to be able you may be able to convince him that hey you don't want to take this into the fall and i think that's the goal with him and a more um, tobias merriweather is you need to be able to convince those two guys that you know what we need you as part of this if you if you think you're going to be part of this class we need you to be part of it now because we need you to help us finish with some other guys i think that's the angle we need to know because look we had we lost four guys this offseason we can't afford to come up Mm -hmm. short we need to know which is true that's a and, true statement. And you got to be careful because you don't want to, you know, you push them too hard and then you say, well, fine, if you guys can't let me wait, then I'll go play for someone else who's going to let me wait. And and that's my concern that Notre Dame does panic a little bit and then runs off to other guys instead of saying, hey, we're going to see this one through. But just because you're willing to see it through doesn't mean you don't try to, you know, get them in the deal now. Yeah, so that, that's where they're at with C.J. Williams. But, but I like where Notre Dame is at. Tommy Reese and Dell Alexander have done a really good job getting Notre Dame back in the mix because when we first started doing these podcasts, we started talking about 2022 recruiting. They were out of the picture for C.J. Williams. They were his leader early. Then they kind of fell off because the position coach wasn't putting in the work. But lately he's been putting in the work, and that's a positive, right? So if I'm going to rip him for when he's not putting in the work, we need to praise him for when he does put in the sure. work. Because C.J. Has, has said in, in multiple interviews and has not shied away publicly of the fact that it's Tommy Reese and Della Alexander are the ones talking to him. So that's a positive. Now it's about you know closing the deal. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the key. And, and, again, he's another kid that I think because he's from modern day, uh, from everything I've heard, C.J.'s a really nice, respectful kid. So this isn't about him per se. 
it's more about the nature of being at a program like modern day is you're used to big time, mm -hmm. right? And you've gone to Texas and you and I both know Texas rolls out the red carpet for recruits, man. I mean, it's, sure. it's a show. It's good that there's fewer kids on campus for him and Zach Rice because of that, because now you can kind of, you're not going to do the, the, the fluffy BS stuff. Notre Dame's not going to literally have a roll, roll out a red carpet like other programs do. I mean, literally there are some programs that have literally rolled out a red carpet for these kids. And then you wonder why these kids get big heads and, and, and don't know why they're not playing as freshmen, you know, but anyway, I think if they can just show him, I mean, just really just blow him away this weekend. I, I think they could come out of this as this leader and hopefully be in a position where then maybe they could add him to the class. I'm not predicting that he's going to commit to Notre Dame this weekend or in the weeks that follow. I'm just saying that's the goal. Mm -hmm. And I think Notre Dame is in a good enough place heading into the visit where if things go well, they could they could make it to where even if they don't get him right now, they're going to be tough to beat moving forward. That's where they're at with that one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So those are the three guys that are on campus that are uncommitted in the 22 class. Uh, there are also a couple kids on campus from the 23 class, right, Brian? We've got a wide receiver named Carnell Tate and a defensive end named Brennan Vernon. Uh, tell us about those two guys and kind of where things are with them. Obviously, this is not these aren't official visits. These right. are on your own dime visits. And how much love do they get on these types of visits? You know, it's funny as Vince, it's like a couple weeks ago. This is why I say, and people, we were kind of having some fun with it yesterday, but this is why I say, let it play out, right? Two weeks ago, that. everybody was panicking about Cardinal Tate in Ohio State because of crystal balls and all this other kind of stuff. And what did I say? Let it play out, right? Let, let's, let's, he's going to be back in Notre Dame. Let's let it play out. Well, now he's going to make his third visit in June to Notre Dame. And now everyone's assuming he's going to commit to Notre Dame. Now I got to <laughs> kind of pump the brakes in that direction say, let it play out. <laughs> All right. But I do think this is a big weekend for Notre Dame and Carnell Tate. I, I, I think this is the weekend where you could get it back to where, like, look, you went on all these visits, you did all these things, but, but look, Carnell, you know where home is, right? Like, you, you know where home is. You know where you need to be. Carnell's a very smart kid. I mean, even for a young kid, he's a very intellectual kid, very intelligent kid. Academics are, are going to be important to him. His family, it's going to be important to his family, uh, those kind of things. So, uh, you know, when I when I look at it, this is a weekend where you've got to be able to say, okay, you know, leave no. It's like I, when I think of weekends like this, I think of that scene from Remember the Titans, right? Okay. And, and uh, uh, 
what what was the other guy's name? Uh, um, the defensive coordinator. What was his name? It's Coach Boone was the head coach, right? But right. The, the defensive coordinator right. goes, he goes, Herman, run it up. You know, leave no doubt. Run yeah. it up. You know, that's the thing with Cardinal Tate this weekend is leave no doubt, right? Like, this is where you got to be, mm-hmm. right? This is the vision for you. This is who you are going to be at Notre Dame. This is why we need you. Because if you can get him in the class in 2023, what kind of flexibility does that give you when it comes to developing your roster in 2022, right? Mm -hmm. How about that, right? So I I think that would be a great way to start. He's also a highly ranked kid, and anytime you can start your your class off with a kid like that, it would be huge. I'm not saying he's going to commit, but what I am saying is this weekend could lead to that if you knock it out of the park. And again, a kid doesn't a kid who's going to IMG doesn't make three visits to South Bend in one month and then bring his family back for the third one if this isn't more than just a normal I want to see it. Like a lot of these 2023 visits, it's just like, look, they're they're not going to get most of these kids because they've brought in if they get all the kids they're bringing in in 2023, they're going to have the the best recruiting class in the history of college football. Right? I mean, that's the kind of talent they've been bringing on campus this summer, sure. right? Uh, a slight exaggeration there, but but you get my point. They're not going to get all those guys because they would right. sign seven corners, right? The, the key is you, you need to identify it's, – it's your opportunity to identify who you guys that you have a legitimate shot with are um, amongst that group. Uh, so w- when I look at it, I say with Carnell, it's – this is kind of the, the – the, this is the kind of kid you want to start your class off with, it, it, one of your earlier guys, because he is going to be an IMG. Because he is a, a big, highly ranked kid. You know, it, there's just a lot of different reasons for it. The fact that he's bringing his family back makes this you're not your typical June, you know, rising junior visit where he's just checking things out, right? That If that maybe was the first time, but you're coming back a third time with your family. It feels escalated. Yeah, it definitely feels, you know, gotten out of hand fast. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's about closing, right? And that's what it's like with a lot of these kids. This is what we've said, look – they're killing these visits. I mean, they're just doing a great job, and kids are coming to these visits loving Notre Dame. But you got to close, mm-hmm. right? You got to close the deal, and 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 he's a kid that they are going to have to close the deal on. Where, where where's his family from? I know you said he's, he's going from to Chicago. IMG. Okay, he was a high school teammate of of um, Pat Coogan, so he went gotcha. to Marist High School in Chicago. Okay, yeah. So, uh, and the other thing too is, I know where that's at. Sean and I were talking about this in yesterday's show. Vince is he he was a playmaker in high school as a freshman. You don't see a lot of freshmen dominating and making plays the way he did in that league. He's a very good – and he he missed his sophomore year because Chicago decided to play in the spring, but Correct. by the time that happened, he had already transferred to IMG. Okay. And so he didn't get a – you know, because they canceled the fall season, and then yep. by the time yep. he didn't transfer to IMG for the 2020 season, he transferred after the season, and then by the time he transferred – you know, that's when the season you know, started. Very aware. They, they like shrunk down all the spring and they were going into June. Yeah. 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 Strange. Very strange situation. Well, it's Chicago. It's Illinois. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we were supposed to play a Chicago team. We had to cancel. So, um, very, very aware of that situation. But, uh, okay. So, so, he's obviously a take for you. Like, you oh, gosh, are a yeah. big fan of his. Oh, yeah. Wanted to, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. He's a gap closer. There's no okay. okay. Now again, that's based. This is what's a that's based off freshman film. Freshman film. He doesn't have sophomore film. You don't see exist. me get excited about freshman film. Yeah, it's, right. Right. I mean, right. that's how good that kid is. And and we saw some Crazy. practice video of him as a sophomore, where mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, okay, he got better. Okay. Uh, but you know, there's some projection Still. there. But even based off, 
it's based off freshman film, assuming he does just normal development from freshman to senior. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which, for sure. I mean, he doesn't even have to get a whole lot better to still be a take. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> the question is, is he's going to have to still continue to improve to still be a gap closer. gap closer, but he doesn't have to improve much to still be a take, even as a senior. Like if you just took what he did as a freshman and he repeated it as a junior and a senior to me, he's still a take. Got it. That's how good he was as a freshman. Got but it. he's now your third receiver. But if he makes normal progression, he's, junior senior progression, um, he's he's he's, he's going to yeah. be a big time guy. Yeah, gotcha. No question. So the, the other twenty three uh, on campus defensive end, Brennan Vernon. Mm-hmm. Uh, where where is he for you? And what are you hearing about him? So I I not until really yesterday did I really get any intel on him. I've okay. I've only been able to react to what other people are saying, right? So that's why I've been a little little hesitant to talk about it because I don't want to just go take what everybody else is reporting and hey, let's talk about it at hours breakdown. You know, when people bring it up, I'll acknowledge it, but I don't want to dive into it. But I was able to get some intel last night, and there's concern at Ohio State about this one. And Ohio State people are usually, how do I say this? They don't think they're going to lose a kid until the kid signs or commits somewhere else. They Confident. definitely don't think they're going to lose in-state kids that they want. Sure, they're already starting the whole. Well, we're not sure if you know, you know, we're not Ohio sure if State, we really even yeah, want them. Yeah, yeah. So when they start doing that, you're like, uh oh, they're worried. <laughs> uh, and 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 so there's there's some you know talk to reach out to some Ohio State sources and and there's there's legitimate concern at Ohio State that he's fallen in love with Notre Dame, like like not just likes them but like. He's fallen in love with Notre Dame. There's a lot of optimism on the Notre Dame side of things that he's fallen in love with Notre Dame. And now you get him on campus this weekend. I believe this is his second visit this summer okay. to Notre Dame, which is, again, you're talking about a kid from Menor, Ohio. And we have some, I know we have some people from Ohio on the show. Menor is a pipeline to Ohio State. Okay. I mean, pipeline. If you want a kid from Menor, you're going to get the kid from Menor. That's just, I mean, I got grew up in Ohio. Or mentor. 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 I mean, okay. men, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm just mentor. I've never heard of this. Yeah, yeah, mentor. I was just clarifying. Yeah. I'm just curious. Uh, and actually, when I was in middle school, we played against Mentor Lake Catholic in the playoff okay. when I was at Bath. Okay. Uh, so, but this is the public school there. Big gotcha. time program. I remember when Urban Meyer was at Bowling Green, Mentor brought their whole football team to the Bowling Green camp and just kind of had a camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> over there you know what i mean yep and this is a big time program and so to to be able to be in a place like this with a kid for mentor is impressive and mike elson and marcus freeman are just doing a tremendous job and i love the fact that marcus freeman is not he's walking into his home state like you know that 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 meme of vince mcmahon coming down the aisle on twitter where he's like just that's Marcus Freeman walking into the state of Ohio. <laughs> Love, right? that. Like, I mean, Love that. Now he's got to close, right? He's got to sure. close. But you, sure. if you don't have that confidence, then you're not going to close. You're not going to have any shot to close. You're never going to get to the closing part. But we had a question, Vince. Um, I had somebody ask me on on uh, a private message on DM. Okay. And I said, look, I said on the if you if there's 2023 20, kids you want us to talk about and you want me to look at, yeah. Give him, he said, hey, could we watch some film of this kid? Okay. And so I saw him at a camp, and and he was kind of weird looking like athletically he's kind of got that like weird like like a weird gallop you know and it just he didn't necessarily blow me away he's huge he's got long arms he's got really good straight line speed and he's got a really nice burst but he had this really weird gallop so i was like i need to see this kid's film so i mean i've seen the film i like the film but i want to show it to everybody else so we can kind of talk about like who this kid is so it's not like this is unexpected i like yeah Well, hey, look, we said if you want to see film, yeah, ask us. Yeah. And so 
that's what we got. So let's watch a little bit of film of Brennan Vernon from his time at Mentor. We'll watch this together. We'll just watch a couple minutes of it and uh, and just kind of go through. But the, the first thing you're going to see is he's big. This is soft. Now, keep in mind, this is a sophomore in high school, this film right here. Right? He's see, he's kind of got that weird gallop. Like, he's just really long. Got a very strange gallop. There he is at the top of the screen. He's got a great motor. Really, really good motor. And that's the thing I did see at the camp is he, he was battling. I mean, he was getting after it. He's a big kid. I think he's kind of got that body that makes me think he's a th he's a five, more of a big-end five-technique kind of guy. He's going to grow into that kind of player. He's going to look more like Tyson. Basically, he's going to look a lot more like Tyson Ford when he's a senior than he's going to look like Aiden Gabera, if that makes sense. But big kid, really good burst. He's just a really awkward, herky-jerky athlete, but it works for him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But he's powerful, quick. Look at that punch. Look at that block destruction. So when I talk about stack and shed, this is that, right? Yep. He, Stand he, him up, he, move yep. him over. Uses his length to, to – first of all, that punch there. When, when you can see a sophomore in high school against the competition he plays against, I would imagine – is this – is this? yeah, this is Euclid. This is a decent football play right here. Watch him bend this guy's back. When you can when you can rock a guy back like that, you've got powerful hands. And then he uses his length, and then he just throws the guy to the side and then forces the guy to hold him, basically. I mean, this guy's hanging off for dear life, and he still gets into the backfield. That is a that's what that's block destruction. We've talked about block destruction when we talk about that. That's exactly what we're talking about. It's good patience, closes. That's a it's, it's funny what some of these kids view as highlights. <laughs> some hustle. See what I'm saying? Like that weird running style. He's got that yeah. weird gait. Yeah. It's kind of like his kind of goes on his shoulder. No one can see what I'm doing. You can see what I'm doing. The big strong kid. He's a very good player. I don't think he's a that's a nice job of keeping that guy off his legs. I don't think he's like an elite player. I don't think he's like a top 50 player right now. I think he's a top 100 to 150 guy right now, but I think he's got a pretty high ceiling. And I think he's kind of got some of that, some of that, you know, that, that young big guy syndrome, Vince, you know what I'm talking about? Where yeah. th they're a little awkward. And then when, once they're, once their agility and their, their, their coordination catches up to their size and their natural ability, they, they really explode. I could see him being that kind of guy, but he's a big, strong kid in a really nice burst. A little out of control there, but you see the power. Well, he's young too. I mean, that mm -hmm. that a lot of that. He's stuff a sophomore comes, in high yeah, school. A lot of that stuff comes with experience and age. If he was a right finished now, product just, in, as a sophomore in high school, I would not want him. Right, right now he's just playing with his physical ability. Yeah, like, and, 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 and here's the thing too is yeah, and he comes from a great program. I mean, Mentor is a great program, so he's gonna be well coached. But again, he's a sophomore. Right, exactly. He's a, you know he's a well coached sophomore. So that's Brennan Vernon. You can kind of see some of the things that Notre Dame likes. And from what I'm told, he has filled out significantly from that. And and from I even that? saw that at the from at the film the, the camp in April. He's a big boy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a really big boy, but it's a good big. It's right. It's that country boy strong. You know what I mean? Strong and side end. Is that what, kind of I how think you see big him end that could, you know, he's yeah. he's he's more in the Tyson Ford type of big end than okay. you know, type big end that could maybe depending on how his body develops, could move maybe in. place inside at times. Yeah, but right sure. now he's a big end. When he's you know, playing he's, in a three in a three front too. A um, lot, yeah. In that film. Yeah. So. And I think that's kind of where where you could see him. And then you know, he could even be taking on guards as an end, you know, slanting inside, things sure. like that. And he's got that power, he's got that punch, he's got the length you want, he's got the initial burst that you want. He's just kind of kind of grow into some coordination a little bit. I think that's gonna come because Vince, you and I have seen kids like this before, especially in Indiana and Ohio. You know, you get these kids that 
it's kind of like, you know, basketball centers, you know, you'll see these really basketball centers that like, you know, they're six, eight is like an eighth grader and they're just not coordinated at all. Right. They haven't grown into their body. In yeah, any way. exactly. And then when they become seniors, they're like, you know, five stars and sure. And, and all those kind of things. And that's, you see that with Lyman sometimes too. And that's what I see with Brennan is he's a bit awkward because he's so, sure. his legs are so long. Yes. Uh, that, that he's going to, and that's awesome. makes me think he's still going to grow a little bit too. Sure. Yeah, he may grow another inch and, and definitely put on 20, 30 pounds of just natural mm-hmm. body weight in the next couple of years. So he's a good player. That'd be a nice way to start. And then you look at him and then you look at like Keon Keeley, who's a 2023 20, kid that I think Notre Dame has a good shot with. He's more of that big, long, explosive Viper type of kid that could then grow into a big end. You know, so that'd be a really nice compliment. And I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it's trending in a good direction for Notre Dame. That'd be one heck of an end class to follow up with For what sure. you're doing in this class, which is a heck of an end class. So it's it's interesting. It's a very interesting situation. Now, we'll see if they can continue that because, as you and I know, and anyone that's followed recruiting over the years knows, it's one thing to be in a good place with Ohio, with an Ohio kid when you're going against Ohio State. It's a completely different thing to then get the kid in the class and then another completely different thing to keep the kid in the class. So I always get nervous about Ohio kids, but I just love the fact that on defense anyway, right? Notre Dame is willing to to battle. I mean, because this is a thing where I where I said all along was that this kid plays at Menor. Notre Dame doesn't have a shot with him. That's mm-hmm. why I said it. Look, I'm, I'm, I'll own it. And Marcus Freeman was like, "Oh yeah, Driscoll. Okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let let me show you, you know, what we're talking about here." So yeah, that um, yeah, that's. Uh, that's impressive. Now, again, let's see let's see how this weekend goes, but it, sure. it's it's looking pretty good. So that that is who's going to be on campus this weekend. We will obviously have a wrap on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so hopefully maybe Tuesday. Uh, it all it always depends yeah, on just depends how on, how quickly we can get absolutely. the intel. But ho- so last t- couple weeks we've been able to do some on Monday. Sure, and we'll we'll try to do that again this week as well. Absolutely. So th- there will be a show coming where uh, we'll wrap up. Uh, hopefully there's will. another show this weekend. I'm not predicting. I'm not saying it. Not like the Junior 2 Alamaca thing, but hopefully hopefully there's one this weekend. <laughs> yeah, that'd be but, great. That'd be um, even better. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not, again, that's not, a, that's not a hint. That's not me slyly like trying to be. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying like hopefully there maybe, is. Maybe. Hopefully, hopefully there is. I mean, I don't yeah. know of one yet, but hopefully there is. So that'll wrap up our recruiting portion of this. And, uh, you know, again, big weekend for Notre Dame. And now now gets the interesting part because when we come out of this weekend, Vince, this first – this end of June and mm-hmm. then that first week of July – First wave, man. Is, like, if, if they're not piling up commitments by then, then I'm going to get a little bit nervous. Yes. Right? yes. If between the end of this visit and the end of the first week, about maybe first week to 10 days of July, if they don't add several kids into this class – I'm going to, I'm going to be after that 4th of July, like, yeah. cause 4th of July is on a Sunday. So, yeah. you know, you might see some that weekend and then into yeah. that next week. And yeah. that's where once that week is over, that week of the fifth is over. If, if there yeah. hasn't been a, you know, a wave of kids, yeah. uh, then yes, I'll I agree. be nervous. Yeah. I'll be nervous. That'd be, that would not be good. So um, last big push here this weekend uh for for guys so i'm really looking forward to seeing how this thing pans out for sure